Okay, and we are back for episode three. Uh, this episode is called Team Tina versus the Prosecution. Some of my content has mention of extreme violence, sexual assault, and or other triggering content. Discretion is advised. All right. So this episode starts with Jan, uh, that artist. <laughs> right, the artist. Who... Um, yeah. He is putting together basically like a team for Tina. These people who believe that she is wrongly convicted. Um it states that Tina has been through nine parole denials. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. And they talk about this a little later, but they kind of say that parole uh, appearances are pretty quick. Mm-hmm. They're just like... Yeah. It's like know. basically a stamp. Like you barely review the case and then you stamp and you go. Yes. And like I said, they're seeing that uh, life plus 20 years and they're just like deny basically and um again i don't want to jump too far ahead but uh, part of it is that um they're expecting her to admit her guilt and mm-hmm. then that might be what lets her out early right she is not admitting her guilt mm-hmm. if you remember from the alfred plea she didn't admit she was guilty she just said that there was enough evidence to convict yep um so they talk about the fact that it is a pretty hard road for the wrongly convicted um, like you said, in order for the person to get parole, they have to admit guilt, and she's not going to do that. Um, the powerful statement in this documentary is that Christina has been in prison for 30 years for a crime that happened when she was somewhere else. Right. They said that a couple times, and it was like, it was a really powerful statement that she wasn't even there. Yeah, and that's that's why they um, are really pushing to go back and redo this case Mm -hmm. is because with the Alfred plea, this this wasn't really discussed or investigated that she wasn't there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they knew she wasn't there, but they're like, oh, well, you know, this happened before she left, right? Right. Like, they're like, these injuries obviously just took a long time for, you know, for it to happen, for it to set in. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they just they didn't do a, a good job of investigating those hours leading up to it. They just got the Alfred plea from Christina, and then that was it. Right. Um, so Jan started writing about Christina's story on social media, and it kind of just took off. Um, he took her case to a whole another level. People didn't know about it before he started bringing people's attention to it. Um, they talk about Team Christina and this group of people who really want to know what happened to Amber more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the documentary really highlights these people. Um, so the three women that um, are going through the evidence, their names are Grace, Lizzie, and Sarah. Um, they are undergrad law students and they come over the case to see if they can try to figure that out. Um, Marty is the man who was um, incarcerated before and got out. Um, And then Mark is his lawyer friend. Uh, They spend time going over the case as well. 
Um, then there's Michelle, who is the younger biological sister of Christina. Who she didn't know that she had at mm -hmm. the time. Yep. And then Jeannie, who is super involved in the case and always has been. And Jeannie was the one who, during the paranormal, uh, you know, uh, research, I guess I, you would say. But mm -hmm. the uh, during that was basically like handcuffed her. She wasn't actually handcuffed her, but basically was right yeah. by her side 99% of the time. Right. So all of these people are people who are trying to get Tina out of prison. Uh, they believe that she is wrongly convicted. Uh, the lawyer on the prosecution side says that Tina is manipulative. Uh, of course she is. She faked being telekinetic. So they're also bringing her past back into that. Uh, the prosecution thinks that they can prove Tina is guilty. Um, Team Tina wants a stronger lawyer for Tina, not that guy who is just trying to get not the death penalty. Save his perfect def death penalty record. Right. Yeah. And uh, so this also, they, they talk about... Um, and I don't remember if we talked about this yet, and maybe we're going to talk about it, but he's one of those guys too that's like friends with the friends with the, the sheriffs and the um Yeah, the, we talked about all that. We did, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um was basically friends with all the, the people in the police department and so they're like and the DA and all that stuff where it was like he was like, Yeah, can we not get the death penalty if we do this Alfred plea? And they're like, Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, that's how it paints it on the documentary, at least. Right. So I do think there's a little bias there mm -hmm. <laughs> with the way they painted that, but that's how they made it uh, seem. Right. I mean, keep in mind that this is our review of a documentary that can be biased, can yeah. highlight things and not highlight things and all of that. I do think they did try to cover both sides. Um, they didn't make Tina sound perfect. Right. But I also think they did favor Tina in their mm -hmm. bias, so... And we didn't get the other side because he didn't... He didn't, participate. Yeah. He declined to participate, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the prosecution states that there is a lot of evidence. They bring out pictures from the hospital. Uh, of course, they're not shown because they're horrible. I'm, I'm thankful they're not shown. Right. Yeah. Very thankful for that. Um, but they say that they have never seen a child beaten like Amber was. Um, of course, that mannequin was shown, um, so you could really see. Um, it is overwhelming the amount of trauma that Amber had yeah. on her body. So I don't think anybody in this case is really saying Amber was not beaten. Yeah, I, that's how I understand it, too. Yeah, I think they're just trying to figure out who did it. Yeah. And really, who did the final blow? As that's horrible the big as thing. that is. I know. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's just the kind of law yeah, behind that's, it. Yeah, that's how the law works. It's, the, it's yeah. sad, but and, it is. I mean, we're not saying that, but I, I think that yeah. in this case, they're saying that. I agree. Well, and I mean, to... It, we talked about this in the last episode, but uh, it could be one person was doing it and the other person was witness to it. And it doesn't mean that both people aren't guilty of something. But if one person was the one doing it, then, and the other person wasn't doing anything, there's obviously different crimes there, different levels of guilt, different levels of participation, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, so 
it could even be more than just the one blow. It could be a series of, you know, right things incidents. that added up to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they again talk about how the town was pretty small, um, and the community was just rocked by this crime. Um, the community wanted them to just throw the book at both of them for taking the life of this child. Um, the investigator says at the time that Amber was three years old and his daughter was also three years old, which I can't imagine how hard that was to see, mm -hmm. but it also shows that there is a little bit of a, your mind can sway when you see things like that. So yeah. I think that's what the documentary's point was. Yeah, and I think I think with that though, what's weird to me from a psychological standpoint is like how how does that sway? Like, um I don't feel like that should sway you to one person or the other though. I think it should just sway you to want to to lock somebody up for Yeah. That's that's kind of what I was saying here was the documentary was saying like they want to convict right now yeah, instead of kind of researching sense. and finding out and, and you know, okay, yeah, investigating I was, what happened. I was going to say, I, I didn't think that would make him like, oh, and, you know, now I don't like Amber. But, um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because she was I so... Amber, I meant uh, Tina. Tina. Uh, because she was so young and this was so rare to see something like this, um, the town hated her. And there was no fair trial or jury that wasn't impartial. So like I think this was part of what you guys missed um, when the camera cut off. <laughs> was maybe. me going on a small town rant. Um, the, no, I think we caught that. Did we catch that? Well, I it, think we did. If you didn't, sum it up real fast. Uh, <laughs> basically, she was an outsider. She was from a, uh, Ohio, I think. I don't know. I think it was Ohio, it's been so long but she was she was from somewhere um, Midwest, North, somewhere in there, and she moved to this small southern town, right? And so she was an outsider. Uh, David was from there. There was all, the, all this stuff in the small town about her being a witch because of all the paranormal stuff uh, in the Bible Belt part of Georgia. So uh, that's me summing up whatever that rant was. <laughs> Uh, but, like, that kind of um, paints some of the bias towards Tina that they talked about with the small town and with trying to find a jury that would be impartial. Right. Because they, A, she's an outsider who's supposedly a witch or uh -huh. a liar, one of the two. <laughs> or both. Or both. Right. Um, they say that because Amber was beaten so bad, it was hard to tell which injury caused her death. Um, and they also didn't give aid to any of her injuries. So that was kind of another thing, too, is that one, both of them knew this was happening and didn't go for yeah, help. right. And remember, like, when Tina got back home, he was holding her, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's not like she got hurt and they didn't see it happen. Like... He was literally holding her. So, uh -huh. um, let's say all these injuries happened while Tina was gone, uh, and he is the one who inflicted them, then he, or was there for them, then he didn't take care of them while Tina was gone. Right. Exactly. Um, so David had Amber for six hours alone, and according to the medical examiner, 
um, the one that did the review of the case, the fatal injury was done during those six hours. Uh, the cause of her death was head trauma, and it happened while um, Tina was gone, is what they're saying. Uh, the prosecutor said something that stuck with me. He said, both of these people are responsible. And I kind of have a hard time with that because I, I agree. Like, yeah. I I don't know. We'll get into my thoughts later. <laughs> but it's that was a big, a big quote that I was like, oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, he says, this medical examiner, is the blow to the head is what killed Amber and the bleeding on the brain that followed. Uh, but his work and the letters say that the child was beaten over a four-day period, and that is what killed her. Um, Team Tina was just kind of wanting to know if it's the final blow that killed her, then why is Tina still in prison and not David? Right, because if that is the difference in the sentences, mm -hmm. you didn't know who did it. Yeah. Like, we don't know who. And like you said, with that evidence, like, it, it sounds like it happened while she was gone. Mm -hmm. So it would seem like he would be the one who would have... It's so sad saying the final blow. Like it's, I know, it's, I know. It's I hard hate, to say that. I hate the terminology, but you have to look at it as a law <clears> point right. of view. And that's what these three women are doing is they're looking at just the law. And when yeah. you look at it that way, it is unfair. Um, and if Tina beat her, um, which is horrible to say, she needs punishment just as much as David does. But if David did something that killed Amber, mm -hmm. it's hard to put them in a law point of view on the same well, and pedestal. You know what I mean? Or, or same level, yeah. I guess. And you have to think about what we're being told in this documentary, right. which is um, on Tina's side where they're saying, uh, has Tina ever abused this child? They said that uh, she spanked her basically right or swatted her mm -hmm. um but that was all that she ever did and so they're saying that all of these other injuries must have come from david because they're saying that tina she did that um kind of discipline but she didn't do she she didn't hit her like and they're also saying she literally res rescued her, her from a burning house like um, she did all these things to protect her, so why would she have done all that stuff afterwards? Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of saying, like, they're, they're painting it like they think David did a lot of this. And that Tina yeah. was more of the witnessed it but didn't do anything. They didn't come out and say that she witnessed it but didn't do anything, but, I mean, you can imply that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so there is... 30 interviews of people saying that Tina, they saw Tina abuse her child. Um, whether it be spanking her, an ex-boyfriend said that he saw Tina slap her in the mouth. Um, he, that Tina would lock her out of the room, call her names, 
just the whole gamut was, of abuse. This wasn't all in Georgia, too. Like, I yeah. think that I think the ex was the one from the previous place she lived, even. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tina's defense said that she didn't even know these people and they were making it up. Um, that she did discipline Amber, but never left a mark. And except for the, obviously she knew the ex-boyfriend, but the ex-boyfriend was abusive, right? Yes. Um, at least it, I think, I don't know if that was just according to Tina or if that was actually proven he was abusive too. It, it might have been proven that he was abusive. They know. They did get CPS called on them mm-hmm. up, up where they lived before. Yes. Uh, they didn't find anything though. Right. When it was the CPS unstanti- was unstantiated or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So they they had had them called on them. Had had. Um, <laughs> they had 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 them called on uh, on them in the past, and nothing was found. So I mean, it kind of. I don't know. It kind of. There, you would think. All right. I think some of this might have started in Georgia. Is kind of what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's true, like. Unless they were really good at hiding it. Right. So the next thing that they bring up is these Jim S. videos. Okay, so there is a man in town that pays women. Well, yes, he pays women to have intercourse with him. I forgot. I forgot all about this. Yes. He pays women to have intercourse with him and he tapes it. He keeps a camera running in his ta- his house 24 hours a day. So there's all of these videos showing all of these encounters. Um, in these videos, they showed that Tina was involved with acts with this man. Um, what's interesting and what they point out was that Amber was in the house running around at this time. Um, so she saw and was witness to a lot of these things. Um, Christina's defense, I guess, of this is that she couldn't afford her bills and she couldn't afford a babysitter. So this was the only way that she could get money. Um, and they don't bring a lot more up than that, yeah. which kind of made me angry. <laughs> they were basically like, she's like, I can't afford groceries. I didn't have a babysitter to leave her with. So mm-hmm. what was I supposed to do? Like I had to had to feed her, but I couldn't leave her on her own. And she's right. like, I'm, I moved down here from, you know, to this place. I didn't know anybody. Uh, so, you know, what was I supposed to do? Just leave her alone? Like I had to take her with me. Um, yeah. It was like I was doing whatever I could to put food on the table. Right. But I still think there had to be other ways. Yes. Uh, so. I mean, maybe not. Like, I get <clears throat> she had to do what she had to do to get the money, but, like, with. Um, her you know, witnessing with it. With her witnessing it. Like, yeah. surely, you know, surely Jeannie could have watched her or somebody else there could have watched her if they knew that's what she had to do. And, I don't know, maybe she didn't want to tell people that's if it's still, like. There had to be another another way for her to not be there. Right. So I am very, very sympathetic to these kinds of things. Like, I know that the reality of things and survival, like, there are S-workers in the world, and there's no shame in that. 
this is a job, this is what sometimes you have to do, this is what sometimes you're forced to do. Um, however, I think having a child view those things is another form of S abuse. Yeah, I agree. Um, introducing a child to those things that young is abuse. And it, they didn't make it, it look like, they made it look like it was a flat. Right, they made it look like it was like a one room yes. thing. It's not like they had her, I mean. Right, if she's in the other room and she can't see or hear things, it may be a little different for me. But it, it didn't me. make it look But like it did that. not seem like that. And they didn't clarify, which is really which, annoying. And they did show videos. They did. Like they not, showed little clips of yeah, like. not of like any of the acts or anything right. like that. But they showed that, um, that she was there and that her daughter was there. And mm -hmm. they showed the guy and. He was gross. He was really, really gross. Yeah. Um, really gross. I don't even care if that guy sees this. He would, oh, dude, take a shower. Right. <laughs> um, so I do, I mean, like, it's just hard for me to sympathize with her when it's, it's, it is another form of S abuse, in my opinion. And I, I understand survival S work. I completely do. But at the same time, there's not an excuse, in my opinion, for that. Yeah. And it's hard for me because that's it's a double-edged sword, yeah. I guess. I, I think she she did have other options. She did, yes. In terms of, like, child care. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it, it's hard for us to say that without knowing the full situation, but I, I she had to have had something better that she could have done child care-wise. Right. If she was going to do that. Yep. That's something that's in the documentary that gets kind of brushed over pretty quickly. So, right. just fair warning. Yeah, it is still something people need to know. Right. Um, so we go back to uh, Team Tina and them also talking about how um, it, her lawyer failed her. And they bring up, at this point, a receipt saying that he worked... 17.25 <laughs> hours out of court on Tina's case. One of the students scoffs and says, we worked eight hours just that day. Yeah, and what's... I, I want to do a dramatic reenactment of him, like, but I don't know if I... I don't think I could do it <laughs> justice, but he is just like... He's like, well, I, I definitely didn't work just that amount. Like, that's <laughs> just what I wrote down. But, like, yeah. like, I worked way more than that. I just, you know, you you only bill so much. Like, right. <laughs> so you backpedaled hard. He did. Uh, he was backpedaling. He was like, nah, I didn't, I didn't work just that amount on the case. I worked a lot more than that. I just, that's all I, I you know, there's got to be other receipts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he says that that's not true, and then he says that he was that he never forced her to take the plea; that she agreed to it. Um, Christina says herself that she doesn't know if Amber died from an accident or something else. That maybe you know the boyfriend did to her. Um, she feels bad that she wasn't there and feels a lot of guilt. Uh, Tina knows that she will probably not be paroled. Um, so she's going to try to convince her local DA to let her go home early. The DA agrees to review the case, um, and Tina feels some kind of relief in this. That he was going to look at it, yeah. Yeah, that he's going to look at it, but really there's 
not much. I thought this was interesting at that part. So the DA goes, and this is a new DA from mm-hmm. when uh, when her trial was held. Right. The the new DA goes, okay, so I, I understand all the evidence you put out here, but what, like, this is what parole hearings are supposed to do is analyze this evidence. What can I do that's different than a parole hearing? And the uh, one of the three ladies that were taking up this case was like, well, so parole hearings are generally like three minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you are you guilty? No. Okay, you're back in prison. Um, like, do you admit your guilt? And she was basically like, you can take this case and you can actually review it for more than three minutes and decide if the ruling was fair. Uh, and and that was the reason why he ended up taking up the, the case, saying he would take a look at the case again, is because he, you know, agreed to that, that it was, you know... That he could actually take a little bit more of a look at it that a parole board couldn't. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting because, A, I didn't know that much about parole hearings. Uh, About all I knew about parole hearings is what I saw in Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) (laughs) Where, uh, you know, the guy keeps coming up and he's like, coming up for parole and they just keep doing the stamp where they're like, yep, you're still guilty. Uh, You're still, you know, you're not, you're denied. Um, Morgan Freeman, actually, he's the one who kept getting denied. Um, so that's all I knew about it was from that, that movie. So it was interesting to hear more about the process. And it was um, a really good point by the three ladies that, you know, that is a good reason for him to look at it again. Yeah. So this ends with them saying that just because she's done some bad, that the justice system still failed her. Um, that Tina was hurting as a kid with a lot of stuff going on, including trauma. Um, Team Tina meets up, and the biological sister gets to meet everyone, um, and they get to show their support. Um, So then some images of Amber comes up with her cute little face, Mm -hmm. and it just really breaks my heart. Yes, always. Um, Yes, she would have been 34 years old today. Um, so about my about your age and about a year younger than me. Yep. Uh, Tina's voice is heard saying that team Tina has come together for her and that she's so grateful. Um, and she says, quote, for the kid that never mattered to anyone, it is not short of amazing. I know that they won't stop until I'm out of these walls. And that is where we end. Uh, We also get the blurb that David did not respond for any request for interviews. And that is where we end the documentary of Demons and Saviors, the true story of Christina Boyer. So. Let's get into thoughts. Let's get into thoughts. Um, Do you want to go first? Um, sure. (laughs) Why not? Um, so this was really weird in the way they presented the documentary on how it started out with paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be a way different case than it was. Yeah. And this is my thoughts on the the whole thing, really. But, like, I don't feel like the, I feel like the paranormal stopped about halfway through the second episode where, where maybe... I don't know, maybe the, I don't know how long into the second episode, but still it, it stopped. And then it, 
the, really the only point that it played in the actual case was that they were biased based on her past her past which yeah. makes sense but like mm -hmm. it, I, the way it was uh portrayed it felt like it was going to be a huge part of like you know like it was yeah. a paranormal case so like that threw me at first um, i think they had to do that to kind of draw attention to the yeah, documentary i think so too um but it didn't have as much to do with the case yeah because I, I remember you 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 sent me a text after like episode two and you're like i wonder where the paranormal stuff's gonna like where they're gonna go with this and i'm like I'm sorry <laughs> like yeah. i didn't want to tell you but i'm like they were just pretty much it's about it like you you yeah. you know you saw where they were going with it do you want to know where i thought that they were gonna go sure. with the paranormal stuff i thought that they were going to say at the end that they were blaming the ghost ghost or, possession. or possession or telekinesis on the murder i could have that she seen had that. been shoved into walls <laughs> or things falling on her or something i thought that that's where they were going to go with it and i think they have no i could have seen the family. evidence I so i could have seen the family going that way yeah i feel like the, the, i thought that's where Tina was gonna go. Yeah, like I could see Tina going that way, or like the sisters and like the ones who mm -hmm. said like you know our whole family's been part of this. But like uh, the lawyers were. I think they know how that would make her look. Yeah, they're like then no, no, we're not. Yeah, they didn't say that, but just, you could probably tell that they're like no, that's not a that's not a legal defense. We're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, I will say that my opinion on it i've kind of already shared on the the thing as a whole mm -hmm. is i i agree that one of them that that maybe we don't know that it was tina who should have gotten the longer sentence or if it was david or we don't know who like that needs to be investigated mm -hmm. and that needs to be figured out uh but they both deserve long sentences yeah. just because of what happened to her on their watch and mm -hmm. the fact that like you said it happened over four days uh the fact that nothing was done to care for her wounds like i mean to beat a child to death is a lot at the very least both are guilty of negligence yes and one of them is guilty of murder if not both mm -hmm. um likely just one because like you said the final blow part of it but really uh so that that's kind of where i land on it, is like i don't i don't think i feel worse about david only getting 20 than i do about her getting a, a life in 20. um i I would like them to figure out if, like, she was just kind of an abuse victim, uh, or maybe even David was abusing her and mm -hmm. things like that, and, like, if she was just staying quiet because of that, because that would maybe make me a little more sympathetic to her situation. Um, but even then, she still, she still, you know, didn't stop that happening to her child so like i still feel like she she needed to serve time in prison yeah it's just a matter of who needed to serve the longer sentence is what i think it came down to 
should David still be in prison and should she be the one that's out or should she still be in prison because they got it right? I mean, I think they they both should serve maybe the same time. That too. I mean, I really do. And so my my big thing with this was the law versus what we think. Right. And in a law point of view, I think she needs a new trial. Yes. However, I think she's still going to be convicted, and I think she should still be convicted. So she's still going to get probably life anyway. It's just what she's convicted of. Yeah. I mean, um, if she gets convicted... I hope she still gets life. And I hope that David is retried and gets life. But that's yeah. just me. Yeah, and so they can't even retry David, can they? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they can. I think David got what he got, and he's, like, that's it for him. So do I think her lawyers failed her? Absolutely. Yeah. This was I, a perfect storm of everybody failing everybody. Um, I think she does deserve a new trial in the law aspect of things. But I... I not going to probably I don't change forgive what her. she... Yeah, I don't think this takes away the fact that someone in that house beat that child to death. Yeah. And they're both responsible, really. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I don't see any, any way around that. Um, and I think they didn't specifically say it, right, because she's their their client. But I, I do feel like even the three women are are a little, like distancing themselves Mm -hmm. when you watch the documentary because it's one of those things where they're like we think that she wasn't represented properly right but they're basically they're not exactly at the same point in time going like oh she's 100 percent innocent right like they're not claiming that they're just saying like she was misrepresented and she may have not done all these things that she was accused of doing because the evidence kind of points to he did the things mm-hmm. but they're they're not saying like because there was a point and i hesitated if i wanted to mention this or not because i don't fully remember the part but i feel like it was like one of the girl's birthdays and she was like oh happy birthday i love you so much and and they were like where your lawyers were not supposed to be like <laughs> <laughs> like yeah I don't know how we're supposed to act here, you know, because it's like we're representing you, but at the same point in time, like, there's a little separation here between lawyer and, and like, person who... Um, client. Yeah, client and, like, person who they're like, you still might have done something. Like, we, we can't... Right. We, we're not to the bottom of everything to where we can fully just be like, yeah, you didn't do anything, so, like... Uh-huh. Because it's, it's very different the way they are. And I think they're right in the way they are versus um, uh, making a murder. Uh, I think her name's like Kathleen Zellner. Mm-hmm. Um, where she is... she She's is, like, he's innocent, that's it. Yeah, and she she did start out like, if you're, if you're guilty, I'm going to prove that you're guilty. Right. Maybe. And I think to her credit, she did a lot. But uh-huh. like, I think these, these girls are... Um, never fully went to... Uh, she's so innocent that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna shout it from the rooftop and tell everybody, like, she's 100% innocent, didn't do anything wrong at all. Right. <laughs> like, it's like they still have a little doubt. Of there's no her proof. There is no yeah. proof. It's word against word. Right. Um, and I mean, I think that 
the people who did the documentary, they did a little spin on things, and yeah. they tried to make it interesting, and it was. It caught our attention. Yeah. We're reviewing it. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of a lot of the same stuff we've seen. We um, have no actual proof that paranormal things happen. No, we have no proof of kidding. that. We have no proof of actually what happened to Amber. That is so unknown. And it just makes me so upset because this little girl died and we just... No one's owning it. And that's why I hate, like, the... the she doesn't get justice in the end. That's why I hate this part of our legal system where it, like, focuses on, like, case closures. And I get you can't have, like, a million cases out there pending. They'll just keep stacking up and stacking up if you do that. But, like... Uh, I think she would have gotten the proper justice if there wasn't, and you said this too, if there wasn't such a rush to get the case closed. Right. Uh, one thing that I, I did pop into my head that I wish they would have talked about more is the fire. Yeah. Because uh, if you guys remember from, I think it was episode two, mm -hmm. the... They alluded that this fire happened randomly. Yeah, and they were like... Um, they said the child, they're like, I think the child caused it just like when, you know, yeah. Tina was a kid. And I'm like, usually there's like, you know, like my dad was a volunteer firefighter, but usually like they come in and like determine the cause of the fire. Like okay. was a, you know, did somebody leave the, yeah, leave the oven on too long or leave, you know. Uh, like a, a candle burning too, you know, whatever the cause might be, electrical fire, whatever. Like, there was no real talk about that of, you know, because part of me, I hate to say it, but part of me was sitting there saying like, okay, so she did the thing with the lamp, right? She reached back, flipped the lamp off. I get it, all that. Like, there's so much pressure on a, a little kid and camera staring at her for nine hours. If she did that, though, who's to say she wouldn't, you know, light the house on fire and grab the kid you right know? like uh, grab the kid before any damage could happen to the kid um we obviously yeah. don't know that but i wish they would have talked about it more right so the fire was i wish i wish that was discussed a little more yeah there were some things in this that it was like you just irked right past that and i want to know more <laughs> right it's like something really big happened moving on right uh, yeah and but then it's like kind of some smaller things that we've already talked about. Let's talk about again. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some things over and over and over and over and over. Um, so, as far as the documentary goes, it was good. Yeah. I, you know, I, I liked it. I was interested in it. Um, A plus marketing to get, yeah. get us to watch it. Because you right. watch the trailer of it and you're like, I've got to watch this. <laughs> mm -hmm. There was a lot of girl power in this. Mm -hmm. A lot of women lawyers. Who was, that was awesome. And I don't want to undersell that. The the three women lawyers, I think, are going to be great. They're going to um, be awesome. Yeah. I, they think they did a really good job. And that wasn't a criticism that I was saying that they were kind of keeping their distance a little bit from her. I think that's actually a good, good thing. and professional. Yeah. So I think they're being very professional with that. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, I agree with that, too. When I looked through Reddit, uh, when I wrote this initially, um, and it hadn't been out too long, but people were just saying, like, she wasn't there. That was the big defense, is, like, she was not there. Um, which I think is a big thing in this case. Yeah. Um, so. I think that's the main driving factor for a retrial, is mm -hmm. that she wasn't there. Right. Uh, but at the same point in time, like you said, it, it was happening up to four days before 
at least. So, right. Um, it just, she might not have been there when it, it actually happened. Yep. Child abuse cases are so heavy and so hard. So. They are. Um, yeah, I just, um, I don't know if any of you see anything like that happening. Like it's, it's always such a tough area of whether you call it in or not. But in this situation, she had so many, I mean, there was 30 interviews, right? right. And she said that she didn't know these people, mm-hmm. but of, if those 30 people are willing to come out and say now right. that she did all this stuff, then they should have been willing to come out and say it then yep. if it was that bad. Yep. So, you know, kind of, you see something, say something, right? Like if, um, you know, if you're seeing child abuse and you, you think it goes beyond of what a parent should do in, in disciplining their child, mm-hmm. you should definitely find the proper people to talk to and report it to. Um, exactly. I know it's, I know it's tough to think about a, a kid being taken away from her family, but like, if she had been taken away from this situation and that was happening to her, she would still be here. Right. Exactly. So there's there's a line, but yeah, if you if you witness something like that, then I would yeah, I would call. So thanks for coming on this wild ride with us and we'll be back again with another one next time. Yeah, and uh, we always say this, but eventually we're going to, you know, try to bring you, like, some survivor cases. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get there. you could be a little happier with. But yep. uh, until then. Yeah. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Peace. Hi, guys. I just wanted to say I hope you enjoyed this video. If you like any of the content for Code 187, please click that subscribe button, that like button, that share button help us out, help us grow. Um, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. Um, yeah, check us out on there. Give us some ratings. Um, tell us what you think. We're also across every social media on Code187. So we're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I think that's it. Um, and of course YouTube. So please, please, please subscribe um, if you like our content and spread the word. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.